0: This is the final call before you board. Board at the airport.
1: Board at the airport. Sat at the gate. I'm the line. Security was bad, but I got here fine. Flight's delayed, even though I'm on time. Board at the airport. Not getting coffee, the line's too long. There's no way, lady, the bags carry on. Just sitting at the gate now, singing this
0: song. Board at the airport. If you can't upgrade your seat then you might as well
1: upgrade your business. Hi, I'm Michael Madsen, international liaison partner for BDO Canada. Welcome to Board at the Airport with Mike. This show is about doing business globally. Whether your business has international presence, is considering an international expansion, or if you're in the middle of revising your expansion plan, then this show is for you. Board at the Airport. It's about empowerment. It's about knowing that
0: you're worthy, knowing that you're capable, and understanding that with a lot of hard focus and drive, there will be, you know, successful payoff with that. And you get to live your best life doing the things that you love, if you're fearless and going after your dreams.
1: Women entrepreneurs have made their mark in the business world. They are founding companies at a historic rate. However, relatively few of them have taken the next step
2: of going global. According to CNBC, a record number of women now hold top positions at Fortune 500 companies. Women-owned businesses continue to fuel the economy and now represent 42% of all businesses in the U.S., nearly 13 million, employing 9.4 million workers and generating revenue of $1.9 trillion, according to the annual State of the Women-Owned Businesses report commissioned by American Express. Sarah Blakely founded the shapewear brand Spanx out of her own need for a functional undergarment to wear under cream-colored pants. In 2012, Spanx founder Sarah Blakely became the youngest self-made female billionaire, according to Forbes. Sarah Blakely started the company with just $5,000 from her own savings. When I started Spanx, I mean, I'd never taken a business class in my life. I'd never worked in fashion or retail. And now, you know, I operate the business very organically. I still own 100% of Spanx. The business is now valued at over $1.2 billion dollars. You may remember Tia Mowry from the iconic series Sister Sister, but the famous twin is now running Answer a company that provides women with supplements packed with clean ingredients, essential vitamins, and high-quality nutrients that fuel the body.
1: I started Answer over a year ago because I wanted to build a brand that was inclusive
2: for everyone. Answer is all about encouraging diverse women to take charge of their health. Whitney Wolf is owner, founder, and CEO of Bumble. Bumble is a dating app that works a lot like Tinder. If both people swipe right, it's a match. The biggest difference is that in heterosexual pairings, women have to be the first one to send a message. Bumble also allows you to search for friends and business connections rather than just dates. Wolf Hurd was previously the vice president of marketing for Tinder.
1: It was really challenging people to think about dating in a different way. I mean, college kids would have never used eHarmony. They would never have used anything like that. And so it was really just this convincing that social connection was better when you had access beyond your walls.
2: Wolford resigned from Tinder in April 2014 due to growing tensions with other company executives. On June 30th, she filed a lawsuit against Tinder for sexual harassment. She reportedly received more than $1 million US as well as stock as part of the settlement September 2014. Four months later, she launched Bumble a female-focused app dedicated to women making the first move.
1: I started thinking about women and girls and the way women and girls are treated. And I said, okay, well, let's just make a female-only social network, this app that would have been called Merci. And I got an email out of the blue from my now business partner. And he's like, that is amazing. This is what we're going to call our dating app. And I was like, I'm not working in this dating world anymore. This place is scary for me. And so anyway, lo and behold, he really got me to rethink the need for dating to be empowered, right? Let's go in and disrupt dating first.
2: And at a moment in time when most tech executives are making excuses for why they can't be held responsible for the behavior on their platforms, Wolf Heard is the rare tech titan who sees her company as a tool for shaping how people behave online and off. Whitney Wolf Heard also set the benchmark for company culture. Bumble promises its employees the benefits of paid compassion leave, paid leave if you're the victim of violence or abuse, a minimum of 12 weeks a year to take care of a sick loved one, and a minimum of six months paid time off for birth, surrogacy, or adoption of a child. Oh, and at least four weeks are given as flexible transition time for caregivers who are headed back to work after time away from the office. After a global pandemic set all of us to work from home, Bumble has left it up to the employees to choose whether they want to remain at home or head back to the office. Whitney Wolf Hurd became a billionaire at just 31 years old after Bumble was publicly listed on NASDAQ in 2021. She is not only one of the very few female billionaires, but is the youngest woman to take a company public in the U.S. Joining me today to
1: discuss the Bumble story is Bram Mundi, partner and a member of the NA Advisory Services, Technology, and Public Company teams at BDO Canada. Bram has spent her career providing accounting and insurance services to private and public companies. She advises business owners on significant transactions to proactively prepare them for changes in their businesses. So Bram, welcome to the program and thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: I love the Bumble story. Elements of financial success, living core values, strong company culture. In your opinion, what should our listeners take from this story?
0: Whitney's story is truly incredible, but not very different from that of most other entrepreneurs when it comes into launching and running a new company. At the end of the day, there's a constant notion of fears, what ifs, the unknowns, etc. that lurk in the back of all entrepreneurs' minds that she was also not immune to. A few lessons that I think should serve as a template or a reminder for founders from the Bumble story of success would be first, knowing your product or idea and being clear in your vision. A lot of times when I'm in investment or pitch meetings with founders, they have a vision or an idea which gets convoluted by the steps necessary to be taken to achieve that idea. The lesson here is to keep it simple, simplify the idea and the delivery. It adds confidence amongst your stakeholders when you're presenting that idea for those crucial next steps, whether it be financing or execution of scaling up. Bumble's idea was simple and throughout its evolution, it has remained true to its core vision of empowering women navigating through various fears. It started with dating, evolved to friendships, networking, all while staying simple and clear with the idea of women empowerment. Second is knowing your customer base. Who are you targeting and will your idea or product help them? And third is not being scared of what-ifs and perceived failures. The only failure truly is not trying. Trying and having it not work out isn't failure. It is simply the process before reaching success. I actually really like what Whitney says in one of her interviews about thinking decades and not days. Instead of focusing on daily ups and downs tread the course and stay focused. Online dating existed prior to Bumble. There was eHarmony, there's obviously Tinder, but what Bumble brought forward was a product or a platform that solves a societal issue of women empowerment. And that's remained consistent throughout the evolution of that company.
1: I'm wondering if you can comment specifically a little bit about Bumble's growth and expansion strategy.
0: For sure. So it's Interesting that generally speaking, as companies expand, they will look into newer markets, newer customer bases, newer products, which sometimes dilutes the core mission or brand of a company. So Bumble went from being accessible via Facebook to having its own app, which was available globally. So for them, the expansion strategy was adding premium features, adding Bumble BFF, Bumble Business. So, But it all was enveloped in that core mission of empowering women and therefore separating themselves from other similar platforms so even as bumble expanded from colleges to you know general population to now internationally i believe in over 130 countries it focused on listening to their user base their community to then launch alternative offerings on the platform and widen their reach
1: Are women being held back in business? And if so, you know, what do you think contributes to this?
0: Well, Michael, a recent study done found that women founders receive less than 2% of the total funding available in the tech sphere. Mm. And that doesn't mean that there are less than 2% women founders in the market. That's just a limited exposure that women get in such a competitive landscape. So the answer to what holds women back goes from... You know, lack of exposure to lower investor confidence due to certain preconceived societal notions to even internal misconceptions that sometimes women founders have in terms of how to define success. So one of our largest events in the tech space at BDO Canada is the VC Pitch Day, where we go through hundreds of applications and invite them to pitch their business in front of a panel of investors. I've sat in these for the last two years, and this year I had the privilege of running the GTA VC Pitch Day. As we debriefed after the event with both the participants and the investor panel, it was interesting to note that the investors themselves are keen on providing funding to women founders. However, a common, and I'm doing air quotes here, fear that they have is that women may not have enough latitude or stamina in going through failures, as sometimes men do. A couple of setbacks may deter women from proceeding further, whereas men sometimes get to have more opportunities. While that may not be the actual truth, but it also sadly doesn't matter. That is the perception out there. A woman has more at stake or more on the line in these ventures. But I do want to say it's not all doom and gloom here. The business world is shifting, especially with the keen focus on ESG initiatives, whether it be ensuring appropriate female representation on boards, to labor practices, to ensuring there's equal opportunity to women, to even societal changes about gender roles, there is an upward trend. A message to all the female entrepreneurs who are listening, any leaders out there, is that you do not need to be an expert before you start the job. It's not a new message, but it's worth repeating. Trust your foundational skills and trust those around you. Your colleagues, your leaders, your success influences theirs.
1: So which female leaders inspire you and why?
0: So we talked about Whitney Wolferd, who is, of Mm -hmm. course, inspiring, not just about regarding Bumble, but her journey from Tinder and that separation to overcoming personal adversity and then moving on to creating Bumble into such a success Mm -hmm. story. It's truly awesome. But in a sector that is predominantly male dominated, I would like to give a few shout outs. So one is Susan Wojciki. She's the CEO of YouTube. She contributed in the development of Google Images and AdSense and actually suggested the idea of acquiring YouTube. She's a mother of five and continues works towards women empowerment in the tech space. Then we have Ellen K. Powell, former CEO of Reddit, as she moved on to co-found Project Include, which focuses on improving diversity, and Melanie Perkins, co-founder and CEO of Canva, an online platform to create professional designs, an idea that she pitched when she was just 19, and Canva is now used by 85% of the Fortune 500 companies.
1: How can you and your BDO team help businesses and perhaps female business leaders with their international expansion plans?
0: Michael, as you know, I work with companies that are just at the seed funding stage all the way to those that are listed on the Canadian or U.S. stock exchanges. So I I do want to send that message that no business is too small you know, to come to us. My team is well-versed with all the chapters and challenges within those chapters that a company might face. We have a strong team of professionals, whether it be bookkeeping, taxes, accounting, advisory, consulting, MA and so really can help you at any stage. And I will add a plug here that there are several initiatives focused on women founders in the tech industry as well as general market landscape that are being spearheaded by video. So I do recommend following us on LinkedIn to take advantage of these events. You know, we have strong relationships in the VC and the private equity space, and our mission is to help provide as much exposure as possible to female founders to help reduce the disparity in this industry.
1: Ram, this has been brilliant. I mean, thank you so, so much for sharing your business insights and perspectives. Ram Mundi, partner and a member of the NA Advisory Services, Technology and Public Company teams at BDO Canada. Thanks for being part of Board at the Airport with Mike. I'm Mike Madsen. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast and connect with us on our LinkedIn group page, Board at the Airport. Board at the
2: Airport, Board at the airport with Mike is powered by BDO Canada. BDO provides tax, audit and assurance, advisory and business outsourcing services to companies across all sectors of the economy. We operate from 125 offices across Canada, covering all major business centers so we can be close to your clients. We are a key member of the BDO global network that provides business advisory services in 167 countries. And this allows us to meet the needs of clients who are growing and trading internationally. Visit us at bdo.ca.
0: Your attention, please. Thank you for choosing Board at the Airport. We remind you to join us wherever your business plans take you. And those entrepreneurs with international business interests, we invite you to subscribe at this time. We remind you that this podcast reflects the personal thoughts and opinions of the authors and does not reflect the view of BDO Canada or its affiliates. This podcast is not a substitute for professional advice, and passengers should consult a qualified professional prior to takeoff
2: at the airport.